You, O Lord, reign above it all. We make a decision right now to declare that with our lips. Come on, you reign above it all. Over every situation, over every circumstance, you reign above it all. Above our pain, above our fear, above our shame, you reign above it all. Above gas shortages, above stress and, and, and worry, you reign above it all. And we thank you, God, that the one who reigns is on our side and in our corner and up to something good in our midst here this morning. So God, have your way. Do what only you can do for your name's sake, in Jesus' name. And everyone who was glad that God reigns above it all said... Amen. Come on, just praise him for a moment here and you guys can grab your seats. It's so good seeing you here this morning. You made it. You made it. I was a little bit worried uh, about this morning because I know there was this crazy gas shortage and the state of South Carolina was basically out of fuel. I don't know how you made it. I don't know if you siphoned your... Uh, tank out of your lawnmower like Trevor Cox did, or whether you conserved your fuel uh, for Sunday service, or whether some of you guys got some of your granddaddy's moonshine stash and put that into your gas tank. I don't know how you got here. I'm just so glad that you are here, and I believe in faith because you took the step to get to church in person this week. God has got something very special for you. If you're catching us online right now, we want you to know that you're loved as well, but I'm here to let you know there is something special about getting together in person on one of our 14 campuses. I really hope that if you're still watching online, that you would avail yourself of the opportunity to jump on board in person. Now, we're gonna be gathering in person this Friday night in our Paddlesville campus as well for our Spanish night of worship. So if you live in and around the upstate or even if you're down in the lower state, you wanna make the drive up, we're gonna to get together and we're gonna worship God in spirit and in truth and in Spanish. Uh, we're a, we're a life-giving church. We're marked by the presence of God and we wanna activate you into a, a, a life that impacts others and as, as a part of this activated church, we wanna pursue uncommon unity and a big part of pursuing uncommon unity is embracing more of the Latino community through basically creating spaces where they can understand the gospel in their native tongue. So every single week, we translate our New Spring services into Spanish and this Friday, we're gonna worship God in Spanish. Uh, I'm going to be sharing for a few minutes in that service as well. So just get this. There's going to be a Chinese Australian speaking English that's going to be translated into Spanish. I'm telling you now, that may have never happened in the history of humanity before. So I would come along just for that. But this Friday night, 6.30 at our Paddlesville campus, as well as that, later on, we're going to be releasing a Spanish single written by our New Spring team, specifically Charlie Petrago, and, uh, and that is going to bless the Spanish-speaking and singing world as well. I'm so excited to be a part of a church that so actively pursues uncommon unity. Well, let's jump into this message. We are in a series called Tested Love. And it's a series all about marriage. Because how many know in marriage you're gonna get tested? But here's the deal. 
No one likes a test, but we all love tested things. And I'm telling you, in Jesus' name, you're gonna have a tested marriage that's gonna pass that test. No, you're gonna ace this test and you are gonna love your marriage. Can I hear a big amen? 2020 was a test. Finances are a test. Children are a test. Uh, Growing old together is a test, but I'm telling you now, in the name of Jesus, you're not only gonna pass the test, but you're gonna ace the test. Last week, Pastor Brad talked about travailing prayer. I promise you, there is nothing in life that you can't get through if you pray together. Deeply, concertedly travail together in prayer. And this week, I've got a really simple message that God put in my spirit specifically last night, and I just wanna share um, a, a word that God gave me, and, um, and, I'm, and I wanna read it verbatim. I wanna read it just as God gave it to me last night at seven o'clock as I was walking around by myself praying slash golfing. God gave me this word, and I just want you to catch onto it. No matter where you are at in your marriage journey, whether you are married and having a great time, whether you're married and having a terrible time, whether you're dating and thinking about getting married, whether you're single, ready to mingle, and you wanna be married one day, this is a word that's going to help you so much. Accelerate into everything that God intended marriage to be. So let me just read it for you verbatim. Would you let the one who designed marriage define marriage for you? Because if you allow him to define it, you will find alignment. And when you have alignment with God and one another, you'll accelerate into every good thing he intended marriage to be. Is that cool? Would you allow the God of the universe who designed marriage to actually define marriage for you Because if you allow him to define marriage for you, you will find greater alignment in marriage and when you are aligned with God and one another, world watch out, you will accelerate into every good thing that God has for you. So we have to ask that question, how do you define marriage? What does marriage really mean to you? Because depending on the person we can hold, a very different definition regarding a word to another person. I experience that all the time. As an Australian living in America, I find there are words in my vocabulary that mean something to me that means something very different to you. For example, in America, what you call flip-flops, we call thongs. And so the very first time I preached in America in 2007, I was doing a youth camp in Seattle, Washington. And in the first session, there was praise and it was worship. There were a thousand teenagers. They're all jumping up and down, getting into the energy and the joy of being with Jesus. And so even though I was a little bit older, I thought I'd get in there and I'd jump around with them as well. And I was wearing flip-flops that day. And I was jumping around so vigorously during the praise and worship I blew one of my flip-flops apart. I blew one of my thongs apart. And so when I started my session, I got up in front of the crowd and I announced to everybody that I was praising God so hard that I blew my thong apart. 
and you should be praising God so hard every single time you have an opportunity that you should be blowing your thong apart as well. Everyone laugh like you're laughing right now. Why? Because my definition for thong was very different than your definition for thong. And there is so much dysfunction, there is so much division, there is so much pain connected to so many people in marriage, fundamentally because they have very different definitions for marriage. A husband sees marriage one way, a wife sees marriage another way, God sees marriage a totally different way, you're going to have some issues. So let me ask you this question. Where did you get your definition of marriage from? Think about it. As you think about marriage, where did you get that picture from? Where did you get your understanding from? Did you get it from the culture that you were brought up in? Most people connected to New Spring Church were brought up in around the South. Did you get your picture of marriage from Southern culture? It's just kind of what you do, as young as possible. You know, you search around during your high school years, maybe your college years, find Mr. Right or Mrs. Right, or maybe Mr. Close Enough or Mrs. Close Enough, put a ring on it, seal the deal before someone else swoops in and takes the best one available right now. Did you get your picture or your meaning of marriage from Southern culture? Did you get it from TV? Did you get your picture or your idea of what marriage was meant to be from watching like 14 seasons of The Bachelor or The Bachelorette? That marriage is about kind of this competition where one individual you know, has a rose and, and you gotta fight it out to get that individual or get that rose. Did you get your picture or your understanding of marriage from TV? Did you get it from social media? Like a lot of people, especially you know, millennials and younger, get their idea of marriage from social media. It's, it's this idyllic kind of adventure that you get to go on forever and it takes you to desert islands where you get to snorkel together and kill fish and grill them on the beach together. Hashtag marriage. Like is that where you got your picture of marriage from? Or do you have your understanding of marriage framed by your experience? The divorced home you were brought up in, the first failed marriage you went through, that dysfunctional mother and father that you had once upon a time. Here's the reality. All of us in some way, shape or form have had our definition of marriage framed by things, forces, factors or experiences that aren't God, and that creates an incredible misalignment that creates tension and trouble. But remember, if we would allow the word of God and the spirit of God to bring us into greater alignment with God and one another, I'm telling you, oh, what wonderful marriages you'll experience. Can someone say a good amen to that? So I want to challenge every single person here in this room. Where are all the married couples at? Can you just lift your hand where you are? If you're married, just lift your hand. Okay, put it down. No matter where you're at in your marriage, it can get better. You think you have a great marriage right now? It can get better, and it will come through alignment. If you lifted your hand and you know you're struggling in your marriage right now, 
In fact, you barely had the strength or the energy to lift your hand because you're hanging on to your marriage for dear life. I want you to receive this word in the name of Jesus. Come on, it can get better if you align with God and one another more. Come on, where are my dating people at? Just give me a bit of a, come on, raise your hand. Where are my dating people at, dating people at? Okay, put your hand down. If, if, you, if you're talking about marriage, you have to have these conversations about meaning, about definition, and you will experience acceleration if you all get on the same page regarding what this thing is. And if you're dating right now and you aren't on the same page, pump the brakes as you head towards marriage because you have to tick this off before you get down on your knee. Okay, where are my single people at? Just raise your hands high in the sky, wave them around, look at one another now. I just wanted to basically get things started here in the room. (laughs) As you're preparing for relationship, come on, and potentially marriage down the track, this is something for you, even right now, come on, as a single person, come on, to allow the God of this universe to align in your heart who you're meant to be linked up with in the future. I know there are some people here in this room, especially some ladies here who have like kind of the list of things. I'm not trying, I'm not picky. I just have like 12 things that I want. I want him to be at least this tall. His eyes have to be this kind of shade. His hair, you know what I'm saying? All those lists can be pushed to the side when you get this point settled in your heart. If you have alignment with God regarding what marriage really is, a lot of the lists that you were kind of holding up that were barriers between you and relationship, all of a sudden, they evaporate and they go away as you start understanding truly what marriage was meant to be. Is that cool? Let the one who designed it define it. And when you find God defining what marriage is, then you can find alignment and then alignment, acceleration into every good thing that God intended. So that's what I'm gonna do in my remaining minutes with you. I wanna simply allow the word of God to define for us what marriage is once and for all. And I draw this definition from the scriptures. Genesis chapter one, two, and three. As God talks about how the heavens and the earth was created, he talks about marriage within that conversation. And here is marriage as defined by God. Marriage is a man and a woman becoming one, both naked, or in Southern, naked, growing a garden together and walking with God. That's what marriage is. Culture can't define something that God designed and created. I know that you've been through experiences that have hurt you, that have maybe left you weary or worried about this marriage deal. Trust me, if you allow the word of God to take precedence even over your experience, you can walk into greater and deeper life. Marriage is a man and a woman becoming one both naked, growing a garden together, and walking with God. If you're writing down notes, I want you to write this down. First and foremost, the point, becoming one. 
Marriage is about becoming one. You can open up the New Spring app as well, and all the notes are already preloaded into that. Becoming one. It says there in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 24, this is what marriage is. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united with his wife, and they become one flesh. I want all the married couples to look at each other and say, we are one, baby. I want you to get this deep in your spirit that marriage is a team sport. As someone who spends a lot of time counseling married people, and I spend a lot of time with college-age students talking to them about preparing for marriage, I find this to be the primary issue married couples and people preparing for marriage have. They don't understand that marriage is a team sport. They think that it's one-on-one. It's me versus you. Come on, it's me trying to get my way and me trying to get you to do what I want you to do. You've gotta understand for you to experience the life that was meant to flow in and through your marriage, you have to embrace it as a team sport. God took one man, one woman, put them together and created a brand new team. Come on, married couples, look at each other again and say, come on, we are a team. It's not me versus you. Come on, baby, it's us against the world. And when I find myself talking to married couples, especially, and there's tension, it doesn't take long before you notice that as the husband talks or the wife talks, you hear a lot of I, 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 and me, me, me's. That needs to be broken down, and what needs to be built up is us, 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 and we, we, we. This, my friend, come on, is a team sport. It's not just one individual finding another individual that they kinda like, hey, let's just do life together. You can help my game out a little bit, so let's do life together for as long as it works out, and if it doesn't work out, I can walk away from it. No, it is one man, one woman in covenant with God experiencing the miracle of becoming one. And that's the reason there is so much more to this commitment than than our feelings or what is convenient or what is right in a season. This is deeper, this is richer, this is more miraculous than that. Two have become one. So if you wanna enjoy your marriage more, dating couple, if you wanna enjoy your marriage one day, enter into this and hold this with all of your might, this was meant to be a team sport. It's not me versus you, it's us against the world, baby. And if you wanna really develop the team within your marriage, here's a little tip. I've talked to some coaches and some some athletes before and I found that teamwork grows when you clarify your goal and you define your enemy better and better. You have to clarify your goal and define your enemy better and better. We've just had the NFL draft and all of a sudden a whole bunch of people in South Carolina are Jacksonville Jaguar fans. And I'm trying to learn a little bit about the NFL so I've been Googling some some videos about the NFL and I came across all of these videos of fights that happen during practice camp leading into the NFL season. It's crazy, man. 
got these athletes, these ripped rock hard dudes, and they are fighting with each other. They're on the same team, but they're fighting one another. And the reason they're fighting one another is because they don't have a position on that team yet. They are fighting against each other because they're fighting for a position. And the reason there are so many people in marriage fighting with one another is because you're not operating like a team, you're operating like an individual fighting for a position, but when you clarify, come on, what the common goal is and what the common enemy is, all of a sudden teamwork starts to develop. You need common goals and common vision as a couple. That's the reason Krista and I, every year, For our anniversary, we go away, and it's more than just to have a break or a vacation, we go away to talk about the year that has been and to set us up with fresh vision for the year that is to come. I would encourage you, I know that a lot of people you know, don't like traveling very far and, and I know that a lot of people have resources that kind of you know, preclude them from these cool kind of Caribbean trips, but in some way, shape or form, every single year, take time to re-clarify your vision, come on, for your family, for your finances, for your household, for your children, because if you can clarify together more and more the common goal and vision, you operate like a team more and more. It's not one-on-one, it's the two of you against the world. Then you need to clarify your common enemy. Your common enemy is not your spouse. Read my thick, luscious lips. Your enemy is not your spouse. Yours enemy is the devil. The first demonic attack recorded in the Bible is the attack of Satan on a marriage. And he has his way when he has you two fighting one another, seeing one another as the enemy. Come on, everyone, married couples, look at your spouse and say, hey, we need a common goal. Come on, let's let them know right now. We need a common goal. Come on, look at your spouse and let them know, hey, the devil is our enemy. Come on, say that right now. The devil is our enemy. A common goal and a common vision lets teamwork develop. Second point, I want you to write this one down. Not only were they becoming one, they were both naked. They were both naked. I wanna declare once and for all, we need more nudity in our marriage. Genesis chapter two, verse 25. Adam and his wife were both naked, naked and they felt no shame. Can I declare that one more time for all the husbands that missed that one? Come on. We need more nudity in our marriage. I love it. Can can you hear that? That's the sound of 4,000 men just waking up. (laughs) I like this Dan Leanne guy. Babe, we should listen to him more. We need more nudity in our marriage. But you gotta understand that nudity here wasn't necessarily talking first and foremost about physical nudity, even though it leads there. Nudity here talks about emotional nudity. It means exposing yourself to one another consistently and continually in our journey. In fact, as someone who speaks a lot in marriage conferences, I find so many people have issues because they think that this kind of nudity is just physical nudity, and to find intimacy, we just need to talk more about how we can have more sex. 
but you've got to understand that the way God designed sex, sex was not meant to be a vehicle that drove us towards intimacy. Intimacy was meant to produce sex. Or in other words, a healthy sex life comes from genuine nudity and intimacy, both physically, spiritually, and emotionally. If you want to grow your marriage into the beautiful testimony of the grace of God it was meant to be, both partners have to commit to a continual revealing of yourself to the other. The challenge is most of us, in fact all of us, come into marriage with a whole bunch of layers on, don't we? We carry our shame, we carry our mistakes, we carry our past, we carry our failures, we're layered with hard hearts and pride, and we come into marriage covered in layers, and here's the crazy part, instead of stripping off these layers, how many know it's very easy in marriage just to keep adding layers to yourself? Marriage was always meant to feel like a revealing of yourself. Is that what it feels like for you? What's the most naked you've ever been? I can tell you the most naked I've ever felt. I was 18 years old and I was convinced to go on to a Christian youth camp. One of the first camps I've ever been on. It was at Lake Yellingbo, there was a water slide. The water slide was made out of recycled tractor tires. Everyone's running down this water slide, they put like soap down it, there's like kind of water rolling. I'm trying to be a hero, I'm trying to impress this girl that I chased onto this camp who became my wife three years later. And I thought to myself, I'm not just gonna jump down this slide, I'm gonna do a spin down this slide. And so the water is running and I run up and I jump down and I start sliding on my belly. Then I got to turn over, and I felt air. <laughs> Halfway down, that slide grabbed my shorts and pulled them clean off. <laughs> I've got a choice to make. Keep on going down like this, or do the flip. Did the flip. So embarrassed as I hit the water, and I jumped out of the water and I saw a camp full of people laughing on a hill <laughs> and my shorts sitting on dry ground, basically halfway up that water slide. Marriage is meant to feel like that and it's meant to feel great. Even last night as I was praying with Krista before we went to bed, I'm saying, babe, I'm just carrying such a burden in my heart about this morning's message and I know that there are so many people who need to hear from God and I wanna decrease and I want him to increase. I don't want what he's trying to say be lost in my accent or in the stories and, and as I was sharing this with Krista, I thought to myself, I would have never had that conversation with her 10 years ago because I thought being a man meant keeping things to myself and not sharing anything, come on, and just carrying my own burdens, yeah? 
but now I find myself with my wife in bed on a Saturday night and we're holding hands and we're praying about the things that I'm scared about. Marriage is meant to feel like that. And I promise you, if you wanna know more about how to strip off these layers and find true intimacy, next week, as Pastor Hiking Paul shares his story and his message, I'm telling you now, it is gonna be one of the most life-giving experiences of your life. Point three, write this down. Marriage is not only becoming one, it's not only being both naked, it's about growing a garden together. I won't go into this too deeply, but I want you to catch this in your spirit. In Genesis chapter one, verse 28, the Bible says, God blessed Adam and Eve and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. Can you see what's happening here? He creates a married couple, he puts them in a garden, and he says, fill it, subdue it. Do something with it. Smile, this is really good news. Because this means that marriage is less about a floral arrangement that looks perfect from the beginning, and it's much more about being a planter box we get to work and grow. There are so many people who are handicapped or hindered in their marriage because they think that they aren't picture perfect, that they didn't start well together. I hear so many people say, you know what? I didn't really know what I wanted when we got married and we're not really compatible. In the name of Jesus, stop it. Marriage isn't about something that is ready-made. Marriage is about, come on, what you make of it. And right here, right now, no matter how you began, your story can finish beautifully. And I speak that as someone who has lived that. Anyone who knows me and Krista would know that as far as compatibility goes, we're not a very compatible couple. I'm loud, she's quiet, um, I'm argumentative, uh, that really intimidates her. I'm highly emotional and, and she's very logical and reflective. In so many ways, we are the imperfect match. But we've worked on filling our planter box with communication. We've worked on filling our planter box with learning how to fight and learning how to forgive. We've filled our planter box with learning how to romance one another, how to serve one another, how to truly understand each other. Again, read my luscious Asian lips. Marriage isn't about it being ready-made. It's all about what you make of it. And fourthly and lastly, write this one down. Marriage is about becoming one, both being naked, growing a garden together, and finally walking with God. I love that picture in Genesis chapter three, verse eight. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Maybe my most favorite picture of all of marriage. That Adam and Eve found themselves in a garden and it's like God made a daily date to go for a walk with them. The sun's going down, dusk is embracing that environment and then God shows up and says, hey, let's go for a walk, I promise you. 
If you can create daily rhythms as a couple, as you both walk with God, oh, what life you will experience. No matter how much pain you're experiencing, bring God into that walk, oh, what healing you will feel. Come on, irrespective of how confused you are right now and worried about your future, making a decision to invite God in to walk with you is the most life-giving decision any married couple can make. Look, my time is done. The Jesus keyboards are playing in the background. That means I've got to put away my tray table and bring my seat to an upright position. I know that I've got to land this but I want this to be activated in your life. Is that cool? So can I give you guys some homework really quickly? I've got some homework for everyone, all right? I want every single married couple tonight, if you've got kids, put them to bed early tonight. And then I want you to go into your bedroom and then I want you to quietly close the door. And then I want you to have a conversation. You thought I was going somewhere else, didn't you? No, I want you to have a conversation. Is that okay? Let's have this conversation and ask these questions. Number one, how can we be working better as a team? Hey, Diane said that we're meant to be a team. We fight each other a lot. How do we work together as a team better? How do we cultivate common goals and a common enemy together? Number two, is there anything we are hiding from each other? Is there stuff that you are cloaking yourself in I want you to reveal yourself just a little bit tonight. Is that okay? What do you need to be sowing more into your marriage? What you sow into your planter box, you will grow in your marriage. Number four, what rhythms can we put into place to make sure that we walk with God daily? In a few moments' time, a campus pastor on every single campus is gonna come out and encourage you to find space, maybe tonight or in the next couple of days, to get together with your spouse and talk through this. But as we wrap up our time together, I wanna do one simple thing. Can we just invite Jesus to reign above our marriages again? Can we just do that? My 23rd year of marriage this year was the hardest one of my life. I thought I would have enjoyed quarantine a lot more. I, I always feel like I could, like I wish I could spend more time with Krista, but I don't know if it was like being locked in the house, I don't know if it was the toilet paper shortage, I don't know what it was, but we fought more than we'd ever fought before. I said things that I know hurt her so deeply, and I know that my heart was hurt so deeply by things she was saying as well. And we found ourselves in a position like a lot of you guys find yourself in right now. Man, we don't have any alignment. And because we don't have alignment with God and each other, this is a really difficult thing to do. And I remember one night we were in our bedroom and the lights were off and I was sitting in one corner of the bedroom and she was in the other, we were both crying. And I remember the Holy Spirit moving so powerfully in both of our hearts, not feeling like we needed to come together, 
but knowing we need to come together and hold hands and ask Jesus to walk with us again. And I promise you that if you felt in the last couple of minutes as we've talked about aligning ourselves with God and each other that you guys aren't in alignment, that is your first step back. So we're gonna do some homework later on tonight. We're gonna do homework in the next couple of days. But right now, could you do this with me? If you know that you need to come into greater alignment with God and each other, can you just grab your spouse's hand right now? Just grab their hand right now. And if you're here and you're not with your spouse for whatever reason, just in faith, like intercede as someone who is holding your spouse's hand right now. And with the other hand, could you do something with me? He just lifted high in the sky as an act of surrender. This, my friends, is the most powerful position you can take in marriage. Holding your spouse's hand and the other hand lifted to God. And in a few moments' time, we're gonna worship him. We're gonna stand and we're gonna worship him. But I'm gonna ask you, don't let go of your husband or your wife's hand. If you're here by yourself, don't stop interceding for your husband and your wife. And as you worship God, invite him in, in the cool of the day to walk with you both, come on, into greater life, into greater healing, into greater wholeness, into greater alignment with God and one another. And I promise you, oh, what beautiful marriages we will have. Come on, let's just pray together. In Jesus' name, we beg you to walk with us. We declare that you reign above it all. The hurt, the pain, the fear, the confusion, you reign above it all. Our discouragement, our doubt that this thing will work, you reign above it all. The baggage we carry, the stuff that we hide, you reign above it all. So King Jesus, as we worship you, We thank you that we get to walk with you in the cool of the day. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Just praise him here in this room.